good to see everyone here today um, and good to hear a story about someone other than myself. <laughs> um, I'm always struggling with these things. It's all right, I can read from here. Um, but it's a pleasure to be here again today. Somebody said, oh, we haven't seen you for a while. And yeah, you haven't seen me for a while. Um, and I've missed Fremantle. I think uh, Kelly and I were discussing this. Oh no, actually my mum and I were discussing this yesterday. And she's like, she's like, oh, which church do you go to when you're not preaching? I'm like, Fremantle. She's like, oh, is there something special about Fremantle? I'm like, oh, I just like it. <laughs> So it's good to be here today, um, good to be here in a sharing capacity as well, um, and uh, before I begin, I'm just going to have another word of prayer, and uh, just bow your heads with me if you're able to. Father in heaven, we just thank you so much for being an awesome God, um, and as the, as the song said, uh, a God that appears to have a reckless love for us, um, a love that uh, sometimes we can't even understand. Uh, and Lord, uh, we just thank you for having that kind of a love for us. And uh, as we uh, share today, as we experience today the act of, uh, uh, of the bread and the juice, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is guiding what these mean into our hearts and that we come closer to you because of it. So, Lord, I just pray that and, and, and present ourselves as living sacrifices to you, that you'll use us, guide us, and encourage us closer to you and closer to each other. We pray this in your loving, blessed name, Jesus. Amen. Um, so, today we're talking about broken symbols. Um, and and whenever, I, or whenever we refer to something as symbolic, what do we mean? This is symbolic. What do we mean by that? It reminds us of something else. What else? It's a representation. It's, it's almost like that thing is pointing to something that means a bit more, right? That thing is pointing to something greater. And so um, I'll give you some easy uh, things that represent certain things, okay? So what, is, what does this represent? Okay, I'm not trying to be controversial, okay, my wife is Aboriginal and I love the Aboriginal flag, she loves the Aboriginal flag, but I'm not trying to be controversial and say we should replace the Australian flag, I'm just saying it represents stuff. Every country has a, a flag that represents their country. I'm kind of glad that Australia doesn't go to the extent that some Americans do and wear their flag or wear <laughs> um, the stars and stripes or whatever, but they represent it, don't they? When we see this, we can click in our minds and go, that represents Australia, right? What does this represent? It represents a bathroom, right? It represents which bathroom, preferably, you should be going into, okay? If you're having trouble with that, just see me after. I can give you some good instructions, okay? Um, so it represents a bathroom or toilet signs uh, and where, which one you should go to. Um, and it <laughs> represents relief, absolutely. If you've drunk a little bit too much, you see that and you're like, oh, thank goodness, <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, here's another one. 
Who knows what the NBA stands for? National Basketball Association. A tougher question, who is that? It's not Kobe Bryant. It's who, who said it? Jerry West. Jerry West. So that silhouette is actually of Jerry West. Um, often people don't know that. Very fascinating story behind it. Uh, but yeah, so that represents a sporting thing, a sporting entity, um, something that I like to watch sometimes when I'm able to, but not necessarily able to often because I couldn't be bothered paying for Foxtel or whatever it is. <laughs> but it represents something else. And I could, I could put up a number of signs like, uh, like logos or whatever it is, and you'd be like, that represents this, okay? And so before us today here in front of us on a table, we have some things that represent something. Some pieces of bread, some, some small glasses of juice, uh, but these simple things symbolize or represent something that's greater than what they actually are. If you've got your Bibles with you, please turn with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 25. There we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 25. If you don't have your Bibles, I'll have it on the screen as well. But 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 25 says this. It says, for I received, this is Paul talking to the church in Corinth, he says, but he's talking to us today, he says, for I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, talking to you, talking to me, talking to us, that the Lord Jesus on the same night, so he's recalling an event, he's recalling the Last Supper, or what we call the Last Supper, of Jesus and his disciples in the upper room where they ate some food together, okay? So he's recalling this event and he's going, I received... From the Lord, that which I'm delivering to you or telling you about, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he betrayed, that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for who? For you. He's talking to the church in Corinth, but he's also talking to who? Us, today, me, you, everyone. He's saying, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me or do this symbolizing me. And in verse 25 says, and in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, oh, sorry, I've got to skip ahead. Take this is eaten my body, broken for you. And then he says, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in Remembrance of who? Or me, of me. Not me, Cameron. Me, Jesus Christ. Him saying, do this in remembrance or symbolizing me. And there's one word in there that many people overlook and it's this word broken. Broken. The symbols that Jesus uses describe the very re reality 
that his impending torture, his impending death, symbolizes or have symbols of brokenness. And broken can be represented in four significant truths that I'm going to talk about with you today. And the first one's up there. It's a broken world. In Genesis, we find that God created the world and he has the audacity to say that the world is what? What does he say? The world is good. And then later on, he goes, the world is very good. But for some of us today, we can look around and it could be quite easy for us to think the world doesn't look so very good at the moment. The world could be anything but good for some of us. But what happened? What happened with God saying the world is good here and us today going and going, the world isn't that good. The world doesn't appear to be that good. What's happened in that time? Sin. And essentially it starts off with Adam. Adam and Eve. And, and we've discussed this last year, we journeyed through that kind of conversation about what it meant or, or, or what happened with Adam and Eve's sin and that caused them to have a breaking in their perception of who God was. Their view of God broke. And so sin was introduced into the world and Adam's and, Adam's and Eve's sin broke the world. The broken symbols that we get to partake in today are a reminder of that broken world in which we live today. And that Jesus came to heal. They are a picture of the certain hope that we have in Jesus, that he will eventually fully restore within uh, within and dwell in eternity with. The second one is broken lives. As Jesus broke the bread and handed it out to his disciples in that upper room, he had the mind of broken lives of every man, woman and child that had ever lived and ever would live. Even here today, if you reflect, and some of us don't like reflecting on our broken lives, but if you reflect, you can you can identify and see and, and, and visualize the things in your life that are broken. And God's deepest desire is that the broken lives of today become the restored lives of tomorrow. He came to restore us, to make us whole. And Jesus in the breaking of bread distinctly represents the fullness of life that has been cleansed and renewed by his sacrifice on the cross. Thirdly, a broken body. When we delve into the scene that took place at the cross, we can see someone who has gone through a tremendous amount of physical, mental and emotional pain. We see a man who is spat on, We see a man who is rejected by by the very people that he came to save and came to restore. We see blood trickling down 
His, dripping, dripping down his body, we see it dripping down to his toes, we see it oozing from the spikes in his head and in the hands and his feet, and we see it gushing from the inflicted spear wound in his side. You see, the broken bread represents the broken body of Jesus on that cross. It represents the agony, the pain, the suffering that he would go through. But more than that, it represents the length to which God is willing to restore a broken world and broken lives. The broken world that we inhabit today with our broken lives. It would also represent a broken connection between the Son and the Father and the Holy Spirit. It is through this broken body of God hanging on a cross that our brokenness is healed. Our sorrows are cleansed and we are reconnected with our Creator. And lastly, a broken heart. The question is, does your heart break when you learn what Jesus did for you? And when we recognize that we run away from him on a daily basis, the symbols in front of us represent our hearts if we allow them to be broken. But why should we tremble at the memory of Jesus on the cross? because it should shock our system to come to the realisation that the God of the universe, the creator God of the world, would love you, would love me so much as to choose not to punish us for our, our brokenness, not to punish us for our sin and our rebellion, but to embrace us with love and offer reconnection. When I see my life when I consider the times when I've rejected God, when I've run from God, when I think of the many sins that I've committed against Him, and to know that He loves me, loves me so much that He's willing to die for me, my heart gets broken. It is broken because I've come to the realisation that when his body was being broken, I was there, in his mind, thinking, him thinking about me, thinking about you, thinking about each of us. My heart becomes broken when I fully see that I have broken the very heart of God. To have broken a heart, to see it represented here today just in simple bread and juice, I believe is a good thing because it's only when our hearts are broken that then we become pliable. A gentleman by the name of Martin Luther would write this, he would say, God creates out of nothing Therefore, until a man is nothing or a woman is nothing, God can make nothing of him or her. 
What does God, what does God make of our broken hearts and, bro- and, and uh, us? When we come in faith accepting what Jesus has done for us, he takes our broken heart and he replaces it with a brand new one. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. It is through the broken body of Christ that the broken world and broken lives and broken hearts are reunited with God for all eternity. And my wish and my hope and my prayer for you today is that your heart is broken for God today.